Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. We're hoping you're having a good weekend. We're praying that worship is or will be a part of your uh, weekend as you go and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord. And uh, that's what's so exciting about this program, Exploring Missions, uh, he deserves to be Lord of everyone's life. And uh, we're trying to get the message out that we're on mission for God to share with others and let them know who God is and what is going on. And so thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. My co-host is Nathan Harper. Nathan, it's good to have you as co-host because you, you've you connected with us with some interesting people yeah. that are on mission for God, and we've got one today. That's right. We're, uh, we're going to be talking today with a, a mission worker in South Asia, and his name is Carl. We welcome you, Carl. Thank you for being here with us today. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to, glad to be here talking with you guys. Awesome. So you're currently in the, uh, in the U.S., and I'll let you tell us a little bit about why you've been to the U.S. lately in the last few years, but you're actually, uh, your mission field is, is South Asia. Can you tell us maybe a couple things right off the bat, a little bit about yourself and maybe what, what Jesus is doing in your life currently and also what you see Jesus doing in South Asia? Yeah, the um, we're presently back because I had had cancer um, it was misdiagnosed. The doctors had misread the pathologies and the MRIs and everything, and cancer had ended up growing in my in my jaw for about two years. And so the the doctors ended up having to cut off my whole right jaw with all the teeth and everything included, and then had to replace it with my leg bone. So they moved my leg, leg bone up to my, up to my face. So we were back for that reason. We were back in the U.S. for about a year and a half for that. And, and God taught me so many, so many things through that. I guess one, one interesting thing, how it ties into being in South Asia was because it is, is noticeable. Um, it doesn't look as bad as it sounds (laughs) (laughs) having your, having your leg up there, but to your face, but, um, yeah, amazingly enough, God's views that were pretty much weekly. I'm able to share with the people of of South Asia. Um, and even recently was able to share with one of the militant leaders in our, in our country that we're serving in, who is, who is pretty, pretty much anti-Christian and is trying to kick all the Christians out of that country. Um, so it was pretty, it was a pretty cool story. It was uh, being able to share with him and now I'm keeping up a relationship with him um, through texting and uh, hopefully that'll turn into to where God can move on his heart 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess maybe sharing all that to say, God, it's one thing I've seen is however the listeners out there or whatever their trials are going through, God uses that on the mission field. And I never would have thought that he would have used, you know, cancer in such a cool way, mm. but he's used it again and again um, to, to bless others. Even when I was leaving the country to come back on this most recent trip for some reconstruction um, surgery. So I'm still cancer free, thank God, but I had some, reconstruction even the guys stamping my passport and and everything where i was able to share with them briefly um the immigration officials on the way out so it's been cool to see god use our weaknesses or the 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 lemons in our life as they say to to turn into lemonade and how god can really use those those hard things to help others and i think maybe that's one challenge as well to the listeners is whatever they're going through if they're open about it, God really uses those those hard times um, in our lives to help others. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about how God used it. Carl, this is Bert, and I, I, I just, suffering magnifies the magnaphone with God. I mean, I've looked at it after pastoring for over 40 years and observing others and even experiencing some difficulties, it puts us in touch with certain people that otherwise would not listen. And so God is amazing how he can take all things and work them for good, for his glory. And so praise the Lord for that testimony, Carl. Yeah, thanks. That's kind of a yeah, that's just amazing how he works. And it's related, I guess, to missions and whatever we are, whether we're on the mission field in South Asia, whether it's in our own backyard, how being open and, and vocal about our, our sufferings and our, and our troubles, God will use that to relate to a lot of people. I mean, no matter where I go, whether it's the Starbucks or here, even in America, there's lots of people that I'm able to, you know, to share that story with. I remember recently it was a a Jewish man who owned a company, pretty large company in in the Atlanta area, and uh, was able to share with him. And a lot of cultures and a lot of even people don't have really a theology of suffering or a way to really think through why they suffer. But when when Jesus is glorified in that, it really lift it up, it can really impact, I think, a lot of people in whatever their, their religious background. Amen. C.S. Lewis discovered that, didn't he, Nathan? I mean, you know, yeah. from the it, it really is a magnaphone for, I know I've repeated that again, but Carl and Nathan, it is, it is God through the suffering of the cross. Jesus, I mean, it was missional. Jesus, his birth was missional. And even suffering becomes missional. Nathan, I know that with, with you with, and Carl, uh, working with people, they're looking for that, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, who God is and who he is in Christ. He is God with us. And on the cross, one of the things that God was doing on the cross, there's so many. We can't just pinpoint one exact thing. But one of the things God was doing on the cross, he was identifying even with us and our suffering through his son's suffering on the cross. And he was saying, I am with you in, in your suffering and through your suffering. And 
you know, that's what a missionary does. They go with to where the people are, that incarnational type ministry and live with the people and go through the things the people are going through and suffer with the people. And Carl, I know you and I have talked before in the past about lots of the challenges and struggles and difficulties of living on the field in South Asia. Can you give us a little bit of an idea what that's kind of like and what that's been for you, you guys and your family? We actually are in a in a pretty cool part of South Asia where we're close to a lot of different countries that all combine. And so it's, it's been pretty adventurous. There's been a lot of fun things about it and, and hard things as well. But one of the interesting things is we live in, in a main area where uh, there's an elephant migration of a good amount of elephants that come through. Wow. So we've seen elephants from our rooftop about five or six times. Um, that's been pretty pretty cool. Now, Carl, is that just elephants that are in the in the wild? In the wild or is though are those the elephants? Yeah, they're in the wild and they usually come at night. The people scare them away with firecrackers and stuff. <laughs> so at one one time we had a short termer coming over and she thought that um she had heard the firecrackers and thought that there was a riot outside and started actually ducking for cover underneath the oh, bed. Oh, wow. And Man. later she found out it was just it was just the firecrackers. It wasn't a riot. <laughs> oh. now it, I, was the, it was the villagers chasing away the elephants. So that was a yeah. kind of funny story there. Now, Carl, I'm, I'm a good bit older than you guys, but I grew up watching Tarzan. And it sounds like Tarzan could have done the Tarzan yelled and got the elephants out of the village. And, and okay, enough of that. I, I don't want to re- remember my childhood, but uh, that's always exciting time for me how, how Tarzan could call the elephants. But it's got to be exciting there to be in a place like that. You see God's creation. I, I just, that's beyond me. I, I get excited when I see a rabbit hopping across the road. I can't imagine seeing an elephant. Uh, you know, in my neighborhood. That's that's amazing, brother. Uh, Nathan? Yeah, we're able to see some of the the mountains as well, um, which is just beautiful. The Himalaya Range, which is really spectacular. So that's that's another um, yeah, exciting thing about living there. And it's an adventurous life with riding motorcycles around and scooters and and just the diversity of everything, monkeys and elephants and Wow. Random, random types of animals around. Have you had? Any, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm interested in this stuff. You can tell, but if you had any of the tigers there, I've read a recent article where there was a a place. It was called, a, you know, a place of refuge for tigers, but many of them were dying because of inbreeding or anything. Are tigers in the wild in your area? Uh huh. Yeah, there are, but not not specifically us, but uh. But south of us, there are. We have leopards, but they, yeah, they rarely attack people. But I mean, they have attacked some of the villagers, but that's pretty rare. That's not, that's not any need to worry about or, or anything. Okay. So uh, you mentioned motorcycles, and I know that's something that you are kind of working on and, and hoping to, uh, to kind of see move forward. Can you tell us a little bit about the ministry there that you're uh, getting going uh, about the motorcycle riding? Yeah, there's my wife is doing, and I'm and I'm assisting her. She has a, a cafe and a bakery that that employs the women. So her kind of focus is discipling and evangelizing the women. I'm 
working more with the men, more on discipleship and evangelism. But one of the ways I'm, I'm, I'm also just trying to really get uh, Americans aware is to do motorcycle mission trips. So the vision behind that is it's, it's, it's a bunch of M's I use. It's the men, mountains, motorcycle, missions, and mobilization. Those are kind of the, <laughs> the different values that we're trying to have in that company. Um, and that was, that's more for, to bring American men over for just a really non-typical mission trip where it would be an adventurous time, but a time to grow and to mentor other men along the way at churches. And so we would stop along the way in these different routes in the Himalayas and be able to to share with different fellowships about, yeah, just more like a, almost like a, I look at it as a mini, a mini men's retreat, you know, in the evenings for some of these fellowships that we would stop, stop at in the Himalayas. So that's kind of the, the concept about there's kind of getting American men aware of the needs in these countries and uh, being able to also have an adventurous time and grow in the Lord and minister to others. So that's that's kind of the latest venture we're trying to trying to work on there. In well, addition to the cafe, the cafe provides employment for women that are at risk for labor, getting labor trafficked or sex trafficked. Because we're in a region of South Asia where that's a big problem, that's one of the needs. We want to try to give these girls employment. The traffickers, the labor traffickers, actually target the tea gardens in our area that are failing. And then they'll go to them and say, hey, you know, come work in the Middle East or Mm. do this and come, you know, we'll have a good job for you. And then they actually take them, yeah, take them away and trick them. It's, it's a really tricky procedure. They have different government officials involved and they have people at the airport and they kind of are able to get them over borders. They redo their passport wow. and then actually get them into these countries. And then they work about 16 hours to 18 hours a day, seven days a week for, for next to nothing. Mm. So yeah, that's one of the things my wife's working on is getting these ladies employment so they are not tempted to go abroad. Amen. Carla. Uh, we, we also made a we also made a video as well that we pushing out that we're showing in the open air in the tea gardens to warn the people of this oh, problem. That's great. Well Carl, I want to go back. I, I want to remember where you are. I want to hear more about that. But the motorcycle, the guys from America would they come and rent the motorcycles there? Uh, we may have. Yeah, we have a whole. Yeah, we have a whole package set up. So, yeah, if any of your listeners are into motorcycles, I mean, we've got everything planned: the routes, the connections, the training. You know, we, we will have a, a, a half a day of kind of training of riding over there. The would be guys that would come through, and yeah, they would they would come yeah on on this trip. It's basically a men's motorcycle. Trip, you know, missions, missions trip. You've got a website, correct, for that? Yeah, yeah. If if, if any of your listeners want to go to skyhighriders.com, that will give a really detailed layout of what the trips are like. Now, Carl, give that website again and make it clear so we know the exact letters. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That is uh, skyhighriders, 
And uh, there's no spaces or anything between that. Sky like a sky, like in the sky. Sky. Skyhighriders.com. Skyhighriders.com. Yeah, they could they could contact us through there or contact us on our Facebook page, and we can try to help them, help them out and, and get them on a trip. Okay. Thank you for that. Go back, if you would. I know we uh, we I, I cut you off because I wanted the information there before we got away. Uh, the women who are your what she's doing, she's building not only protection for them far as their lives and livelihood, but discipling them. All of this is 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 involved in what your wife is doing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. Two of the two of the girls have come to the Lord, which is cool, and she's discipling and mentoring them, and then she's teaching them a skill as well. You know, to be able to to bake and uh, and and make you know lattes and, and cappuccinos and all that as well. But, and, and can I just jump in? I'll, I'll I will attest to uh, her cooking skill. She's she's a wonderful cook. She uh, knows exactly what she's doing and. I'm sure, Carl. Since you've been married, you've probably put on some weight, right? Yeah, yeah. I've probably gained twenty or more. <laughs> um, you know, one thing as well for your listeners, if they, you know, if they want to come and and even stay at our house, we have a, a house there as well that we host people. Last year, we hosted about forty people. We've had you know different people stay. If somebody wants to volunteer at the cafe and you know, meet customers and meet women and, and learn decorating and baking and coffee and, and but actually live with us and learn learn the local language. They can we're looking for people that want to stay for three to six months as well. You know, they could they're welcome to stay and kind of assist us in that. We found that the more Americans that, that are around the cafe, the more curious people are and they'll actually, you know, want to come up and, and build relationships. So any of your your listeners that are interested in that as well, we can we can arrange that for them. So we've mentioned you know your wife. We haven't talked about your uh, your children. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Maybe how you and your wife met and and how you got to uh, South Asia. Yeah, I was I was interested in South Asia from a young age. It took a while to to get over there. I'd actually my first kind of interest in South Asia began in when I was at Columbia International University in South Carolina and right. there was a prayer group and we had joined that and then do some really cool, I guess, different cool ways, reading his word and listening to sermons on missions. I really became convinced I needed to go. And some of the sermons that stick out to me, one of them was called Equity or Eternity. And, you know, it reminds me, do I want to build, you know, my equity or do I want to focus on eternity? Um, another sermon that really impacted me was something called planning to go, but willing to stay, meaning we can all plan to go and God might want some of us to stay, which is fine. But, but as believers, we could plan to go and, and do something overseas as, as it says in Matthew 28, but then, you know, be willing to stay, which a lot of us as well need to send those to go. Yeah. So, that's right. Some of those, yeah, between the prayer group, a lot of of uh, yeah, mission sermons, um became clear God wanted me to, to go. And then I went I went part of the way through college and then went again and on the second trip met my wife at a home fellowship. And then we uh emailed for years, 
a year. I took about a year to get her visa over, and then she came over here, and then we were here for a, a good while and tried to, to get over, and it didn't work. But then finally, we were able to go over in 2013 as a family. Yeah, that's awesome. So your wife is what we would consider a national, correct? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's she's from that part of Asia, and I mean, she's fluent in English as well. So how does yeah she's how how does that either help or hinder or does it even affect mission work having a uh, I guess you could say a, a multicultural family a uh, a marriage uh, between cultures like that does that affect uh, you guys yeah, I would in any say way for sure it helps I mean her family has helped us adjust more you know the boys have relatives over there as well as well as here in Atlanta but um. Yeah, so I would say definitely it helps culturally to understand issues more that might be, yeah, that might be confusing if I'm confused about why people are doing something a certain way or saying something. or So, yeah, I think definitely it, it helped a lot. Yeah, so I would say that's an advantage. Now, if I guess my advice as well as anybody, mm-hmm. yeah, is dating somebody. Definitely they need to be, that person needs to be, you know, willing to, I think, go back to her country. A lot of a lot of times people, once they get to America, they don't want to return, but she was willing to go back to her country after leaving leaving it, you know, which can be hard. Yeah. And I don't want to tell her story for her or anything, but she's even had her own set of difficulties and struggles uh, in her life. And I know you guys, God has brought you guys together to to not just uh, do the work of ministry, but to see ministry done in both of your lives together, how God is using each other to to do those things. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we started out with uh, that you you know were diagnosed not too long ago with cancer. Um, how have those struggles? When we we talked about how they've given you open doors to talk to people, but how those struggles and leaning on the Lord in in those times kind of affected you and changed you and brought you closer to Christ? Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the most, probably one of the most amazing things was that there's a, there's a passage talks that there's a, it talks about about the fellowship of sharing in its sufferings. And um, I think there was such a closeness to God in that time that I remember even when I was, when it was so painful because of the surgery, I mean, it was about a 20-hour surgery with about eight or different doctors involved, and, and it was so painful. But I think there was some closeness with God that was so beyond, like, yeah, anything I had experienced. It really is true. There's some type of a fellowship and a, and a closeness that's there when, in our deep pain. And I think it, one thing, it, 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 it kind of showed me how Paul was able to endure the beatings and the tortures and all the pain Paul went through just because I can imagine there was some type of closeness that he had that was beyond anything that kind of also maybe made him not afraid to be persecuted, you know, physically, you know, not just, but, you know, actually be beaten for his faith. I think there's some type of a power that's there. You know, I think even when we look to the persecuted church, there's, there's powers that are, there that that are in those believers that are persecuted that when 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 other believers meet with the persecuted believers they're just really 
touched. So there's some something that comes in our suffering and in our pain that that really is where Jesus comes near. And so I think that was one really cool thing is just being able to have that closeness to Him mm. through that through that pain. Yeah. So where where do you guys uh, live and and work? the mission field where you are in South Asia, we know there's been a, an uptick, an increase recently in persecution. You mentioned persecution. And have you seen some of that where you are uh, with believers around you, near you? And by the way, are what's the uh, percentage of believers in the area where you are? Is, is it a really small amount? Is it growing? Yeah, well, the... Yeah, not not directly in our city. We've seen it not recently, but south of us, we've heard of two of two girls that have, were beaten for becoming believers from a Muslim background, and then were were having some issues. But that's the only thing I've heard of recently. Our city, at this point, we haven't seen any specific things in our in our area, our immediate area. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was that. What was it? And what was the second part of your question? You had said, "Oh, the percentage." Yeah, what, what's the, percentage. the right? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I think where we are, it's, I want to say three percent. I mean, our city is has a few more believers than the, than the other parts of of the country, but yeah. where we're where we're located is a, is a little bit more than some other park. Well, Carl, we want to be praying for you. We're asking our people to pray for you. And if they want to get in touch with ministry, skyriders.com. And we appreciate that so much. We appreciate what you have done and, and what God has done through you. And we're going to continue praying, not only for your health, but the ministry of you and your family. And, and thank you for being with us today here on Exploring Missions, brother. Sure. Thanks a lot. It was my pleasure. God bless you guys. Thank you, Carl. Love you, brother. All right. Thanks to you guys. Nathan, it's been good to be here and to hear what God is doing, even under difficult circumstances. And this really lets us know about missionaries that are suffering. They suffer with a lot of the same things we suffer here. Normal, everyday, average people. That's who Um, they are. But I love this brother. I love his family. And God is using them. He's just got a just a big heart, you know, that beats with God's heart. And really, that's what a missionary is. You know? Amen. We pray that you will be on mission with God and uh, let him lead you and let him show you what he can do in your life and even through your suffering as you serve him. One of the common areas in our office has some beautiful flowers in a vase every day. They change color and types throughout the year. Well, one day last winter, I finally slowed down long enough to smell those beauties. There was no smell, and it turned out... Um, those are fake. You know, flowers can look so real, but have no life. Just like so many folks who look like they really belong to Jesus Christ, but there's no life there. Jesus described people who would come before him on Judgment Day with lots of Christian credentials, but no real faith. He says that he will tell them that he never knew them. That's why the Bible says to examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. The time to realize that you don't really know Him is now. You can avoid being turned away by acknowledging what Jesus did on the cross for you. Being real and honest about your sin and wanting Jesus to take over your life as your Savior in your heart. 
We'd love to help you get started. Call us at 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us at chataboutjesus.com.